grow up Assemblies of God. I grew up Pentecostal, and I ended up in Seattle in a Baptist church. And so I tell people that makes me a Baptocostal. Well, the uh, Pentecostal people laugh, but the Baptists don't think that's so funny. <laughs> so um, I ended up from there. I felt God leading me back here uh, to Kansas. And so I left trees and water and mountains. And so be, be careful what you tell God that you'll do for him because he'll He'll move you in places that are flat with no water and trees and mountains. But no, I'm, I'm happy to be here. This is where I grew up, and so I do have a heart for this area and for this community. Uh, I ended up, when I was back here, working with uh, a Nazarene church, and somebody said, well, what does that make you now? And I said, well, I guess, you know, with the Pentecostal and the Baptist and Nazarene, I guess I'm just confused. But uh, what I'm not confused about is the reason why we're here, and it's about the kingdom. And so today I have a message that specifically has been given to me for this church. It was given to me exactly one month ago. Um, and so I don't know why I haven't even talked to Pastor Terry. That was the, when I saw him on the screen, that's the, that's the longest that we've actually talked in, a, in about uh, just a couple months. But um, I, don't, I don't know what's, what the, what's going on in this church. And so I just want to say that this message has been, been given to me by God. I have um, also been given a prophetic statement that I want to share with you guys later on, but our, our text today is going to be over Matthew chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles or your cell phones, um, some of you have the cell phone app and that's okay. Uh, you could even be on coal shopping online, I'll never know, but at least you're here and at least the word's going to get in you, right? And if you're shopping, find a good deal. I think I have a 20% coupon somewhere if you need it, but... Anyway, we're going to go over Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start in verses 24 and 25. The title of my message today is Sabotage. Wheat and weeds. Wheat and weeds. One thing that I like to do is, just in reverence to God, is if you'd all stand with me, we're going to read this scripture and we're, going to, we're just going to start this thing off with a little bit of a prayer. Matthew 13, 24, verses 24 and 25. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares, weeds, among the wheat and went away. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that, Holy Spirit, your, your presence is so tangible that we, we can feel it today. I pray that... I would decrease and you would increase today. I pray that my words would be your words through me, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And before you sit down today, I want to I just look at that scripture one more time. You see in there, we, we see the, the word good seed. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that today, but I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to tell him, I got good seed. Say it like you mean it. You got good seed, right? <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor, the one that you didn't talk to, and say, well, then stay planted. So if you got good seed, you need to stay planted. You can go ahead and be seated. We're in the book of Matthew today. The, the parables that we're talking about, Jesus spoke in parables to fulfill prophecy. In the book of Matthew, what we're going to look, look over, is, is, are, these are the kingdom parables. 
there are seven kingdom parables. So we're going to start off, and it start off. It, it says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I heard the, the, the message that Pastor, uh, Pastor Terry spoke to you guys today, and it's interesting how God works and how things just, just end up. But I think this fits perfectly with what he's trying to do for your church and the vision that goes forth. And so what we want to look at is we want to look at planting good seed. And as a parallel to good, we kind of got to know what bad is, right? And so you don't have to turn in there, but I'm just going to read Matthew 12, 33 very quickly. This is a, a verse that I carry with me quite a bit, and I use as I weigh and balance right and wrong sometimes. But it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. That's one of those that in our Christian walk we've learned. um, A lot of us have memorized that verse. We know it by heart. We use it and we apply it to other Christians sometimes, don't we? Or we we apply it to people that we want to label as sinners. But we can also label that verse to things. Sometimes in my life if I'm thinking, well, if something's right or wrong with me, I will use that verse. And so this is free. I give that to you today. That's something that I have used to try to apply things. I have teens in my youth group that ask me all the time, Pastor Aaron, is it, is it okay to do this or okay to do that or is it wrong? And I say, you know, what, what fruit does it produce? What is its end result? What does it produce? Drugs. What's the end results? Could be death. Could be destruction. And so we can kind of use this as a, as a contrast to the word good, to good seed. What is going to be bad? And speaking of Matthew 13, 24, it's interesting that Jesus specifically tells us what kind of seed was planted. He uses the word good seed. And I love that any of Jesus' words that are in red, Jesus is one of those guys that was simplistic but so complex that everything that he said has meaning. And so I started to go back when, when God kind of gave me this message to give to you. I said, what? What do you want, to, want me to say? What are we supposed to, to do today? And so I started kind of digging through and, and tearing this apart. But that phrase, good seed, just caught me off, off guard. And I, and I wanted to know more about it. And so growing up here in the flatlands, where there's no mountains, trees, or water, being from a farm, um, I know a little bit about farming, not too much. But my dad, on the other hand, he was very good at what he did. He was one of the best dry land farmers that was in our county. And so when I wanted to know about good seed, I thought there was no better person to ask than my dad. So I called him and I said, hey, I have a question for you. I'm reading Matthew 13 and I want to know what is good seed? You're a farmer. What is good seed? And this is what he told me, and it really just blew my mind, but he said, good seed is certified seed. Are there any farmers here today? Just raise your hand if you are. There are. So you know what it means when I say certified seed, right? And for those of us that don't, it's it's seed that has been established as the best. So it is likely to produce the best harvest. Is that correct? And so I have a question. What, what makes it the best? What makes it certified? So I asked my dad that. I said, well, explain that to me. I Break that down for me because 
in my line of work, a certification is a totally different thing. So I want to know what certified meant. So he said, number one, it's clean seed. It's seed that is chaff or weed free. Chaff is trash or debris. Am I right, farmers? That, that's put in there. You don't want to put that back in the ground. You don't want that to go through your machinery because it causes problems is, is the way it was explained to me. And so number two, in being certified seed, it's fresh seed. If the seed sets too long in storage, it gets bugs in it or bugs infested with what he called was weevils. Everybody, anybody hear of weevils? That's, that's a funny name for a bug, but weevils, right? And he said, those are the little things that get in grain or they can get in wheat or pasta. And I said, I know what those are. I've had those show up, right? So I guess we know what weevils are. So those will actually get into the grain. And also, and when, when wheat, when it sets too long, the weevils can eat, eat out what's called the germ. And the germ is what causes it to germinate. It's what causes it to produce other seeds, which is its job. You put it in the ground because you want it to produce other seeds. And it continually keep producing from that one seed over and over and over again. The seed has to be treated to help keep the worms out of it and help keep it disease-free. So that's another thing that has to be done to make it certified. And he... My father specifically says that you have to plant enough seed to yield a plentiful harvest so the yield or the end produce is as plentiful as it can be. Now, that really applies to the church, doesn't it? We could kind of stop right there and feel like we've gone to church today, right? And so I was just kind of blown away about what this just good seed meant. I ask him, well, we've talked about seed, but I want to know a little bit about harvest. I know the importance of the seed. You've told me and you've explained to me what certified means. What happens if you harvest too early? This is what he said. If the grain sets sets too long and it's wet and you harvest it too early without ventilation and circulation to dry it out, it actually generates heat, has a chemical reaction, and it will burn itself up. So I guess that's the reason for the grain elevators and the dryers is that if it's harvested a little too early, there has to be a way to dry that grain because it was harvested just a little too early. And I was, it was interesting to see that if the seed wasn't ready and it sets together, it burns itself up. So the harvest has to be right on time, right? If it burns itself up, it's useless as food or for re- replanting. It's worthless. So I ask, what happens if you harvest too late? By harvesting too late, the grain or the kernel loses its test weight. Thus, it is of less value. It has less nutritional properties. And as a result of this degradation, it loses some of its luster or its color. And it's just not as rich as it could be. So the outside of the grain is actually mirroring what's going on on the inside. Wow. Can you think of some biblical applications for that in your life? When you talk about 
reading your Bible and, your pray, and praying, can you think about what your outside reflects? Is it what your inside reflects? I know at times in my life, that's exactly what's gone on. I, I can't speak for you, but I know that if, if I'm not praying and I'm not reading the word like I should, if I'm not listening to God's voice, my outside doesn't quite shine like it should. So I got great biblical application out of that. It's important to see here that Jesus uses and includes the word good seed very purposefully. Throughout this parable and its explanation that that kind of follows in the following verses, there's just much implication of the words that he's chosen to use. Good seed. We're going to follow right along to Matthew 26, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 13, verse 26. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. Now, tares is another word for weeds, right? We already talked about what weeds can do to the harvest. If I, had, if, if I wanted to know about grain, I also kind of wanted to know about tares. And so I did a little bit of research about exactly what tares were because I didn't know what that word meant. It's a specific type of weed, a tear is. It actually, uh, I'll have my three volunteers. I had earlier somebody was kind enough to get me three volunteers if they would come up here. I'm a visual kind of guy, and so I like to use people, and I like to use things for visual representation, and I have uh, some pictures that I'd like to use today. I'm going to have you guys come over here with me. Oh, I guess the other two are in children's shirts. Okay. One more. I need one more. Now, it's going to be kind of hard to see, and you, you, can, you guys can move on up so they can see. These are kind of dark pictures, but in the middle, here we have wheat. On the side, we have tares. And now that they've kind of seen, you can kind of walk up together. These pictures were painted by my daughter, Lauren, actually. When I told her I wanted pictures of wheat and weeds, we looked up tares, and she uh, painted those for us today. Now, you can see as they're in close proximity together, they look a lot alike, don't they? And I thought, what's the difference? They kind of look the same. Well, you can see that the wheat has little whiskers that come off of it. That's what my dad always called them was whiskers. You call them the same thing, whiskers? Wheat has whiskers. Who knew? But that's, that's what they've always been called. There's probably some other name for them that, that I don't know, but that's just what I'll, we always called it. And so you, you can see that those have? Tillers. Say that again? Tillers. 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 Or beards. Okay. And so you can see that they stick out. 
protecting the kernel, protecting the wheat. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what I'm told. And so we can see that the tares don't have those. The reason why is tares don't produce any fruit. They don't produce any grain. There's nothing that comes from them. And I'm told from farmers that if you allow weeds in your field, eventually the weeds will take over and you won't have a crop. They will take over and kill your crop. They will take all the nutrients out of the soil. They will steal the water, the moisture, and you've got a field full of weeds. It's interesting stuff. That's great, isn't it? So Jesus is telling us this parable, and he uses the word good seed, and he talks about a field, and he's talking about a sower. Interesting stuff. I love it. And so I think it's clear to see that it looks the same until you get up close, until you examine it. Can you only tell that there's seed in there, so there's wheat in there? You guys can go ahead and stay put just for a second. So we're going to follow along in Matthew 13, 27. We're going to continue, and it says, So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? 28 says, He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? Now we think that that would be a pretty good thing, right? We think that somebody should go gather these weeds up because we don't want it to kill the harvest, right? So how many of us in here have ever had problems in life? Raise your hand. How many of you are going through something right now? Raise your other hand. If there's anyone in here that hasn't been through anything, any trials, any struggles, raise your hand because I want to talk to you. (laughs) We're going to go out to lunch and you're going to tell me what your secret is. Isn't it true of us? We get weeds in our life, right? Maybe our workplace. Maybe we feel like we're surrounded on both sides by weeds. Could it be that maybe even in some of our family relationships we feel that we're surrounded by weeds maybe we have people that are trying to choke us out take us over what about in our schools does it feel like we're getting taken over does it feel like we're on an uphill battle being a christian is not easy is it letting our seed sprout and grow forth is not an easy thing when you're battling against the weeds so why is it that they didn't rip out the weeds? Why is it that we can't remove the weeds? Why is it that you're still in your position? You may have been praying, God, get me out of this situation because I've prayed that prayer a long time. You know, God, get me out of this situation. And we don't understand sometimes why God doesn't move us, take us to a different job, let things stop, get us out of our situation. We'd like the weeds that surround us to be uprooted, wouldn't we? I think that's a true statement. We would like the weeds to be uprooted. 
Let's, let's read on in, in Matthew chapter 13. Let's go to verse 29. But he said, and this is the sower, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Wow. Maybe that's why. That was huge to me because I thought about all the times in my life where I've prayed for God to deliver me, to get me out of a situation that I really wanted those weeds to be taken out of my life. But maybe I was, I was still bearing fruit where I was. Maybe I was bearing fruit in that situation. When we go to verse 30, it gets a little clearer. It says, let them both grow together until the harvest. And at that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But then gather the wheat into my barn. It's interesting that his response to the people that ask him about the weeds in the fields, the owner of the field says an enemy planted them there, put the tares there. That actually was a thing back in their day that if you had ought against somebody, if you want to get at somebody, you went to their field and you put weeds in their field. It would overtake them. And you know what? Their family couldn't survive. They couldn't sell their stuff. And it had a huge impact on them. So people back in those days, they were nice to each other for reasons, right? But they were living under Old Testament law that said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? So if somebody was mean to you, if somebody didn't like what you were doing, you could sneak over to their field and you could plant some tares, you could, you could plant some weeds, and you could devastate an entire family. And so there were reasons, the law that, that gave them that they could actually go and have recourse to plant seeds. Or plant tares in somebody's seeds. That was interesting to me. Later on in the parable of the tares, as it's explained, Jesus tells us in verses 37 and 39 that the sower of the good seed is none other than Jesus himself in this story. We get, we get an explanation of what, what goes on. The field is the world. He specifically says the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom and that the tares or the weeds are the sons of the wicked one and the enemy that sowed them is the devil. Knowing from what we learned about good seed, what we know today about Jesus' explanation of what that story actually meant, that makes good seed more important to us, doesn't it? We can see why he chose those words, why he chose the words good seed. We can see also why he used the word enemy. It's not a word that we like, enemy, right? It specifically says that weeds that are implanted in our life are put there by the enemy. And that they're actually sons of the enemy as we read on. It actually says that 
Those are people, sons of the enemy placed in our lives. So this parable is about a spiritual battle. He's talking about the kingdom, but he's saying this is the way of the kingdom. This is what goes on. There is a spiritual battle that goes on in each of our lives. That situation that you may be in may be something that was planted there by the enemy. You may be dealing with people that are sons of the devil. Now, I used to think, I used to laugh when I grew up in church and I'd hear, uh, we had an older lady in our church that always blamed the devil for everything. Got cough, it was the devil's fault. You know, oh, you need to pray. The devil got me down, right? I used to laugh at that, thinking you know, the devil's under every rock. But according to this parable, there is more that goes on in the spiritual realm than we can comprehend. Sometimes we think maybe just a person's upset or mean to us that they just don't like us. Well, maybe, could it be a spiritual battle? Maybe. There is more that goes on that meets the eye here. There is a lot more that's going on. The enemy is planting terrors in our life. Now, that would seem kind of scary on the surface, but that's okay because I got a message for you. And talking of our enemy, 1 Peter 5, 8, says this, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. That sounds like what we know an enemy to do, doesn't it? That sounds like somebody that would go plant tares in a field so we can see how that would apply to someone that's called our enemy. But, Peter goes on in verse 9 to say this, Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Now, we all sat in the same sanctuary here, and we all lift the hands that we've all gone through something. And some of us, we're going through things right now in our lives. But I got good news. I told you guys I was giving a message um, for you guys today. This, this is the message here, but a lot of times we come to a place where we, we don't think God's listening to us. We think that either we can't hear his voice or he's not speaking to us. And as we start this new year, as we start 2019, a lot of us have made resolutions on how to be better, how to make our seed better, of what to do. It's kind of what this parable is about today. This is about what we're going to do to make ourselves better, what we're going to do to find out how to have that good seed. Because we all want to be good seed, don't we? You wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning, have gotten yourself out of bed unless you wanted to be good seed because you know that you are part of the harvest that's coming. You have a part to play here. Now, this wasn't going to be a very long message today, but I think this is very important. I, I broke down the points of the, and the places of the seed, and I put these pictures together. And I'm going to leave these. These pictures are going to be your churches to keep. I don't know what Pastor Terry wants to do with them, but... I want this to be a reminder to you guys that in 2019, you're going to face some things. 
you could be going through some things right now, but that's okay. I have a message for you. I've been given a word to, to deliver for you today, okay? So if the mus- musicians want to come today, it might seem that lately you've been attacked by everything that hell and the devil has to throw at you. You could be going through problems that I don't even know about. You could be having problems in your family, problems with your children, problems at work. You could be facing issues that just seem unsurmountable. You don't know how you're going to make it. We've seen how this story is a parallel to a spiritual battle that's going on. Some of you may feel that you're deep in that right now. There's been times that past year where I have known without a doubt that I was in a spiritual battle. Anybody know what that feels like? When you just feel that hell and the devil and everything is coming against you and you just feel like you are sinking to swim. You may feel like your faith is weak today, but don't give up. That's what this story is about. Don't quit. About a month ago, when I was putting together this message, I was also given a message to relate to you you guys, a prophetic message to speak into you. Today, I'm going to leave that with you, but I've had weeds in my own life. If we're not vigilant, we want to remove them, we want to take care of them, but they're there trying to steal the good seed all the time. Can I just be transparent with you today and say this last week, seven days ago, I had a weed in my life. I went out into a community and I, I approached somebody that had been speaking and saying some things that just wasn't very nice. And I felt that, that you know, maybe I should just address them head on, talk to them. And I can say that the conversation slipped into a place that wasn't loving wasn't graceful. It went to a place that frustrated not only me, but the other person. And I left there, and I felt God say, you missed an opportunity. You may have thought you took care of a situation, but you missed an opportunity to connect with a person that I love. So that's, I spent a a sleepless night that night. And I realized that, you know, how am I going to go preach about removing weeds when I've let them come into my life? And they do it quickly, don't they? They show up pretty quick. But it's okay, because we know the sower. And we go back to the sower. And that's where I went. I found that, you know what? When I mess up, then I know where I go. I go to Jesus. That's, I, I got my Bible open. I started looking because that is where we get our direction, isn't it? We put that seed in us so we can be seed. You see where this is going today? You see how that follows through? And so as I went through this, I thought, how am I going to give this message when I've allowed weeds to get in my life? And I felt God say, just give it. I've given you a message, and here's a word for them to go along with it. 
and it's for you too. So in 2019, we're here January 13th. The word is this. As we look at the tares, we look at the wheat, and we, uh, we think that, how are we going to su- survive? We think, how are we going to get through this? You're here. You're having weed that's, or seed that's spoken into you. You're here so that you could take that seed and put it out there. I don't know where this church is going. I don't know. I haven't talked to, I don't know what situations are going on in the church. I haven't been to a board meeting. I don't mean to offend anybody. I don't mean to... I'm not speaking to anything, any knowledge, prior knowledge that I have of this church. But seeing what Pastor Terry had to say today, this message just goes right along with where he wants to take you. And I got to, when God steps in and does that, that's just amazing. That's nothing short of a miracle right there. But this is the message today. Whatever you're going through, whatever situation you're in, whatever hell that you feel is coming against you in 2019, in this year, in this church, in your life, the message is this. You will not be uprooted. You will not. I want you to take that today. You will not be uprooted. You are placed where you are right now. There is a reason that those weeds have been placed around you and not removed. Your time of harvest will come. This church's time of harvest will come. You will not run. Or you will run and not be weary. You will you'll be the head and not the tail. You have been made more than a conqueror. All these things that we know, that we take, that we put on us, they just apply to this. But you will not be uprooted. I don't know about you, but that encouraged me. I ran around my living room. You're going to serve the purpose for the kingdom. And so this isn't a long message, and I don't know who this is for, but I know it's for somebody today. If you'd all just kind of stand with me. If you're here and you're struggling to be good seed, there's hope. You're not going to be uprooted. We've been given that message today. If you feel that you need to be strengthened today, there's good news. The sower's here. Jesus is here. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask some questions today. You may have attended this church a long time. I I don't know. I don't know you. I've just met some of you today. You may have been a Christian a long time, but you may feel that you are being surrounded by weeds. You're being overtaken by weeds. You're losing the fight. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. If that's you, if you feel like you're in danger today. You feel like you want that good seed back. You just raise your hand today. Thank you. You can put them back down. 
Maybe as a contrast, you would say, well, Pastor Aaron, I've allowed some weeds to creep in, and I, I think not only that, but I've become one of the weeds. I'm, I'm not at a place that I should be. I don't want to be weeds anymore. I don't want to be used by the enemy. I've become a tool of the devil. Because we can do that without even thinking. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying, it's okay. I know the sower. I know Jesus. And so if that's you today, you realize that in your life, it doesn't mirror anything that looks like a seed, smells like a seed, and it doesn't produce what a seed produces. If you don't want to be a weed anymore, if you want to be fruit for God, if you want to know where you're going to spend eternity, if you want to know that you're going to go to heaven, you don't want to be a weed anymore, you want to be a Christian, I want you to raise your hand. Most important thing that people can do. Thank you, sir. Now today, as we end, the most important part of services to me isn't the message that you heard. It's the time for you to get in contact with your sower, with Jesus. Don't leave here today without speaking to him. We had an awesome worship service this morning. I felt the presence of God here. I feel the presence of God here right now. He is here to change hearts and to change lives. I can feel it. And so don't leave today without doing business with God. Don't leave today without speaking to the sower. Those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to come up front and just pray with us right down here. You guys can sit down. The rest of you, this is an open opportunity. Don't leave without getting in contact with God. These altars are up here for a reason. I don't, I don't know if you normally use them, but this is where we get in touch with God. This is where we come together as, as a group. This is where we come together. This is where our seed grows. We all go through stuff. This is where we take care of business as Christians. This isn't just a some place that we come and, and we hear a word and we go home. This is a place to do business. This is a place to sharpen each other's other swords. And so if you'd like to spend time down here, just come forward. If you'd like me to pray with you, I'd be more than happy to pray with you. But this is the invitation. As the worship team plays, you're invited to come.